Welcome to Two Men in a Bible with Dr. Jonathan Beeler and Doyle Patrick. That's me. And we're here for some good study today. I think we're saying, we're going to be talking a little bit about unity within the church. I think uh, the church, Jesus prayed hard for, for the church at that time, uh, the future church and the church today. And one of the biggest things that Jesus prayed was unity. Uh, unity in the body. And a lot of people, when you, you ask them what the church is, they see the physical building and they see the pastor and the, you know, the people in the pews. And that, that is a visible church. But the church is more than that. The church is the body of Christ, which is not just a denomination, but it's people that believe in the biblical Jesus and the gospels. So as we look here, Doyle, kind of introducing this is Jesus is, uh, has sent his disciples in Luke chapter 9. He sent them out uh, by 12 and they're proclaiming the good news. They've, you know, they've witnessed the feeding of the 5,000. They've, Peter declares Jesus the Messiah. They see, they, they witness the transfiguration, the second coming of Christ, uh, a glimpse of uh, the two witnesses of Moses and Elijah. But then we come down to uh, our scripture verse that we're going to focus on today. And we kind of see a little buildup here. Well, before I, yeah, I read this, yeah. let me ask you a question. What's your favorite ice cream? I like vanilla swirl, chocolate vanilla swirl. I'm sorry. What I do wish, you like? I, I like any ice cream with nuts in it. Oh. So people who like swirl ice cream. I don't know if you're my friend anymore. People who like <laughs> swirl ice cream are not people who are of God. Oh. It is only the people who like ice cream with nuts in it. Really? That's because nuts are natural, swirls are not. Oh, no. Which leads us into our, aren't both of those ice cream? They are, and they're very tasty. Uh, Truth okay. of the matter is, I like both ice cream. In fact, I like all ice cream. I, I've never met an ice cream I didn't like. I love it. But, yeah, but it. to get to this scripture, I wanted to say, you okay. know, there are a lot of times when people who think that their denomination and their church within that denomination is the only church that is right. Yeah. And I think that what we need to do is have a little more understanding into the mind of Christ in this. Now, there are actually um, three episodes that we're going to talk about. I'm going to read yeah, two, yeah. and I'm going to highlight the other one. Yes. The first one is comes from Luke chapter 9, verses 49 and 50. John responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow us. Jesus' response was, don't stop him, because whoever is not against you is for you. And then we're going to read Mark chapter 9, verses 38 to 41. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Don't stop him, said Jesus, because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is for us, and whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. Hmm. Those are two scriptures that we're going to focus in on. And um, 
What's your first impression of that? Well, my first impression is, you know, these guys are thinking they're the cat's meow of, uh, of, of Christian service, I think. You know, before this, a couple of verses above, they're, they're fighting over who's the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus brings a little child next to him and uh, says, you know, you've got to be like, you know, this little child. Um, you know, I think this is easy to get into. Uh, we all have our idiosyncrasies. We all serve uh, in the church. And I think sometimes we can, uh, if we start looking into the flesh, and it can bring division. It can bring, uh, we, we start seeing other people, other other denominations that maybe, I mean, they believe in the same Jesus, but they are in a different church building or a different denomination. You mean like Swirlites? Swirlites? Oh, you're talking about the ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm of the nutite. You like the nuts. Mm. My I, wife says I'm nuts. I believe that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna, I just, when I see this and I, 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 I read this scripture, this is one of those scriptures that um, when I first got saved, I thought that you just about had to be a Southern Baptist to be saved. You mean you're not? And the more that deeply I got involved in church, I realized that my church was the only church in the Southern Baptist Convention that was preaching everything and doing everything right. And then one day God opened my eyes and I realized that there are a lot of Christians following Christ. Absolutely. Who were of different yeah. denominations, different churches. Yeah. And that kind of blew my mind to think that God would do that, but he used this scripture to open my heart and my mind to this. When we talk about things, what are some of the essentials that we have to believe mm -hmm. to be a church? Well, I do believe as a, we're still in the sinful world and the church there, you know, doctrine is, is critical. We all should be theologians, no matter where we're at in the world. But, uh, but I do think that doesn't mean others aren't Christian and don't uh, are not serving the King of Kings and are not benefiting up. I think when it comes to uh, the gospel, you know, Jesus being fully man and fully God, he had to be fully man because man through Adam brought sin into the world. So he had to be a man to reverse the curse. But he also had to be God because, because only God could pay for the past sin, future, the present sin, and future sin of all from past, present, and future because only God is past, present, and future. And so God, he had to be God on the cross and man on the cross to take our wrath so that by grace through faith we can have eternal life. By dying he showed he was a man. By rising from the dead he shows he's God. Because there's an empty grave, we know he's coming back. Those are the critical things. You know, those are the critical. Things. When you when you think about this, uh, I went through faith training. I don't know. Did you? I have. Yeah. And and what is the first thing? First question you're supposed to ask someone. You're supposed to find out their. Uh, are you? Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Are you a Christian? Are you? And uh, you get either one of two answers. Do you remember what those answers are? It's either going to be a faith a answer faith or work salvation. Or works. Yeah. And I think that what really and truly we have to rely on, and I, I am no theologian, so I'm not, I'm yes, just this, yes. I'm just saying what I have read yes. Yes. about this. When we say the name Jesus, mm -hmm. 
Who is Jesus? That's going to tell you more about that person than anything else other, you know, in their doctrines and all of these things, because we can split hairs. We can go down. I mean, Lord have mercy. Can we just go to the to uh, find out if we're Calvinist? Uh, You know, what about what about, (laughs) you know, if we're predestined to believe that we're Calvinist? I mean, I don't know. And then you you have uh, tongues. You have all of the other things things that separate us, that we allow to separate us. The main thing is, who is Jesus? Yeah. You know, Jesus said in John 14, 6, mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say that you come to Christ through your denomination, through your beliefs, through any of these things. It's through Christ. So it's what who is Christ? Yes. There are denominations out there who do not believe Jesus is the Christ. That's and true. those are denominations that we don't associate with. And that, that's the ones that we can't cooperate with. But when it comes to the body of Christ, I believe there will be believers from all of the Christian churches. And, you know, I would name them, but I wouldn't name all of them. But I'm going to name a few on Baptist. Catholic, there are going to be uh, Assembly of God, Church of God. There are going to be lots and lots of different ones who come to Christ, who come, who are in heaven, because of their acceptance of Christ, not because of their acceptance of a denomination or a set of beliefs. True, true. Well, coming back to this, going back to the scriptures here that you read, very good. Oh, we're going to go back to that. Yeah, I think that. You know, the separation uh, was was a sense of of jealousy, perhaps, maybe self-righteousness, feelings of superiority that the disciples had. Uh, can we as Christians have that? You know, I think that creeps into everything, every area and aspect of your life. It can so. be, it can affect you in your marriage. Yeah. It can affect you in so many different ways. Um, I, I find that the more I try to shun pride in my life, the more pride I find in my life. Yeah, sure. And I, I, you know, we're, we're raised as Americans to be self-reliant. You know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and all of this. And we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable to other people. We don't allow ourselves to leave that, that option open that someone else may be right. And that's pride. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. And religious pride is one of the, the biggest driving factors I've ever seen. Now, I'm, I know of an evangelist, and I'm not going to say his name, but who would uh, schedule revivals to suit him up against other evangelists. So that he could try to outdraw them, and I, I, I I'm not impugning his his uh, calling, but I am questioning the timing of that. I don't see God bringing two revivals within ten miles of each other at the same time. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it, and I think that a lot of times it's it's not just preachers; it's Sunday school teachers. You want to you want to get the ire of a Sunday school teacher up? 
go to them and tell them that you're thinking about visiting another class. And that will tell you whether that teacher is following Christ or following their ego. So, and just to be clear, yeah. don't do that to me Sunday. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. Because I I am I confess that Doyle I'm still my Sunday school teacher, folks. Doyle I, is my Sunday school teacher. I still have problem with pride, so don't tempt me. No, I wouldn't do that to you, though. <laughs> I don't do, I'll be there with uh, um, with bells on. Yeah, but when you look at this, I think a lot of times we we can almost idolize people or man's traditions. Absolutely. Because when you go in First Corinthians chapter one, ten to thirteen, we know that there were people in the church of Corinth that were literally, "I follow Paul. I am of Paul. You know, I am of Apollos. I am of Cephas." It's almost like you had the older people wanting to hang out with Paul. You had the younger group wanting to be with Apollos because he spoke good. He was a very articulate speaker, or maybe Cephas was more of the, uh, you know, the uh, the younger crowd. You know, he was the cool, cool guy. He had the contemporary worship. But I, I think when Paul comes down here, he's basically saying, is Paul crucified for you? It was, was Cephas, Peter, crucified for you? No, Christ, is Christ divided for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? He said, the end of this is, I wish I would not have baptized any of you so that you would, you would be basically following Christ is, what our, is our command. Is that we need to follow Christ um, and not follow Him? I can tell you a story too from my, you know, you, when we talk about this, how um, some group like Paul and some group like uh, Apollos, and you know that I follow Him and I follow Him, and and the oration skills and all that. We at one time there was a uh, um, an associate pastor at a church I used to go to that was one of the most intelligent men I think I've ever known, but he was the most boring speaker I have ever met in my entire life. He, uh, I actually have one of his books in my library. He was a, uh, uh, he was in charge of counseling. He was the perfect kind of counselor you'd want to go to, soft-spoken, he wasn't firing brimstone like our regular pastor. So one Sunday night, I heard that he was going to be substituting and speaking. And I told my wife that um, I'm not going. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't, but about an hour later, I started to feel convicted about that. And I got to thinking, you know, this guy is really smart. I've read his book. What is it about this? And I discovered that it was, I didn't prefer his type of preaching, even though what he was saying was extremely relevant mm -hmm. and was even beneficial to me. I wanted fire and brimstone. I didn't want milk toast. Mm -hmm. And God convicted me of that. I went to church that night in the right spirit to receive what God had said, not what the man was saying. And it was one of the best Sunday night services I've been in in my life. What was the difference? Was it the speaker? No. It's the heart. 
It was my heart was prepared to receive the words of God, not to receive the eloquence of speech, which I think a lot of times you just alluded to that, that it's, you know, you got Paul, you got Apollos, you got one that can speak, you got one that's, he's kind of rough around the edges. He, He doesn't, he's not as polished. And I think that sometimes we discount that just because of our own preferences. I think that a lot of people too, in modern church, you have you have older Christians and you have younger Christians. Younger Christians, oh, I can't stand all that old hymn stuff. I wonder if they've ever sat down and read the words of the hymn and understood how important that was to bringing the church along. You know, the older I get, the more I'm going back to hymns because I like the theology of it. I love, don't get me wrong, I still love contemporary music too. Well, you know, that that's how they learned doctrine in the early sure. church. They didn't have their Bibles to carry with them. They couldn't just open an app and read 17 different versions of the Bible. They they would learn it in songs. Mm -hmm. They would learn it in the creeds. They would say these things over and over. And this was a help to them. And I think that that's one of the things that we miss in a lot of contemporary music. But a lot of the contemporary music can open the door to our heart. That is true. No doubt. Well, I think this is good. And I think that Division in the church, in our families, uh, with friendships, uh, you know, uh, we're seeing that today in our world. And I think it comes back ultimately to following the, the person of Jesus Christ and not other men, and other people. Right. Um, and I think that's good. So, uh, well, thank you. Doyle. I think this was good. And, uh, uh, you know, my hope is that people will find their peace and solace in the person of Jesus and that uh, we all can become one because someday we will all be one when Jesus takes us home to be with him, we will be united with him. You know, I've always said that uh, your denominational label will either fly off on your way to heaven or it'll burn off on your way somewhere else. I want to end with a quote from Charles Spurgeon, Charles Hayden Spurgeon, my buddy, one of my favorite quotes. One of the greatest Baptist preachers said this, Charles Spurgeon. I look forward with pleasure to the day when there will not be a Baptist living. I hope that the Baptist name will soon perish, but let Christ's name last forever. And I think we'll end on that because that is a very true statement. Thank you for tuning in to Two Men in the Bible. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. See you soon.